Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Straight Up Sabres, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo. As always, I'm Brendan. I'm Taylor. And Taylor, for the first time in a while, we're in the same place recording this thing. No no virtual recording today. It's good to see your face. I'm back from my trip. Yes. Why don't you tell everybody about where you were for the last four Uh, months? I've been advised not to. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, your secret's safe with me, I guess, (laughs) for the time being. Well, Taylor... In the time that has passed since our last episode, the Matthew Kachuk trade has happened, and it's a pretty confusing one, I, I gotta say. So, in a, a relatively surprise turn of events, Kachuk ends up getting traded to the Florida Panthers, which really was a bit out of nowhere. And the return, for that matter, was even more surprising because going back with Jonathan Huberdeau, Mackenzie Weger, and a first-round pick, I believe. Am I missing something there, too? No, it, you're right. But it's also a first-round pick in uh, 2025. 2025. So Florida does not have a first now until the 2026 draft. Yes. Crazy. Yeah, so this is weird for a few reasons. So Calgary was really good last year, no doubt. Uh, they happened to lose their MVP candidate in free agency. As we mm. all remember, he went to Columbus. Uh, and then Kachuk uh, intimated that he wanted out as well. And I think at that point it would have been wise for Calgary to realize this is a rebuild. Or at least a reload. Whatever. Reboot. One of the re's. Mm-hmm. So, like, at that point, that would have been smart. Get young guys, draft picks, whatever. They didn't do any of that. They traded for two guys who are unrestricted free agents in less than a year. Yep. Uh, which is very strange. Now, don't get me wrong. Huberto is also an MVP candidate last year. Mackenzie Weger is a very underrated defenseman. But, like, you're not getting either of them re-signed for sure. Right. You don't know. You don't know if you're going to get resign him. On the other hand, you're you're drafting a guy in 2025. Uh, Florida's still good. That's a mid-round pick. You're not seeing that guy till 2027, 2028. You don't you don't know when you're going to see that guy. Mm-hmm. So that's crazy. That's way too distant in the future. But they should, I would have gone with, you know, trading for prospects and like maybe a first, maybe one established guy. Instead, people are relying on them flipping these two guys. Right. And it's like that's a risk. That's majorly, majorly. Yeah. I think that the return for what you could have gotten for the proven commodity who is 24 years old in Kachuk is far greater than what you're going to get for a, a year of Jonathan Huberdeau and, and Mackenzie Weger. And so, you know, my, I feel like hey, the question kind of answered itself because I wanted to ask, you know, what side does this make more sense for? And I think it's Florida. unequivocally Florida 100%. because of the fact that. Huberto, again, is going to be up at the end of this year. He's 29 years old right now. Are you going to be wanting to hand out? Yeah, right. Not old at all. Are are you going to want to give out an eight-year deal to a 29-year-old? Like, no. And so you flip two pending UFAs for an RFA that you end up signing to a pretty good deal, too. I mean, he was south of $10 million, I believe, right, for the deal he signed. So that that is all-around good for Florida. What I will say, though, people have pointed out that Florida, to get... 
two months of Claude Giroux, two months of Ben Chariot, and Matthew Kachuk gave up three first-round picks, Jonathan Huberdeau, Mackenzie Wieger, two prospects, a third, and a fourth. Well, I think we all knew at the time that the Chariot trade was yeah. terrible. That that was just not worthy of giving up a first round pick for a guy like that. Drew, knowing that you there was a chance you weren't going to keep him. I mean, I get it. You got to make a move to put yourself over the top. So I understand that. But again, that's not looking great on paper. But this trade, I think, though, while the total haul I would say for the three moves isn't great, this move makes a lot of sense for them, and I think just helps set them up more now for the future not having to make as many difficult decisions when it comes to next year in terms of, you know, trying to re-sign Huberdeau and Uyghur. But then on top of that, too, you're opening up more cap space in the immediate. Yeah. Well, that's that's definitely uh, important, too. I think what Florida did basically, uh, yeah, they're getting, overall, I'd say they got worse, but they were going to do that anyway. Right. You can't just look at it as, like, Oh, they could have just kept Uyghur and Huberto. They probably couldn't have kept both of them. Right. So instead they get Kachuk, who's younger than both of them, guarantee their future, and they don't really get that much worse. You still have someone like Kachuk. So you have basically have Kachuk replace Huberto, and he's younger, uh, and you have Uyghur gone. All mm-hmm. right, well, you're going to lose Uyghur anyway. As far as the first goes, I don't know. If they're still good at that point, then it won't matter much. I mean, the Penguins traded like 100 first-round picks. Yeah, it for sure. for them. No, absolutely, yeah. So, I mean, let's talk about this from Calgary's perspective now. I mean, again, to your point before, what would have made the most sense is you go for a Jack Eichel type of haul where you're getting, obviously, a first-round pick is being included. In this case, I feel like for Kachuk, we could have been talking about they could have probably gotten somebody to give them multiple firsts. On top of that, though, I mean, it just doesn't make sense. Like, you're not getting any kind of, like, current young roster player back in return right now in terms of, like, an Alex Tuck type. You're not getting that main prospect piece, like, in terms of, like, a Peyton Krebs. And, again, like you had said, you're relying on them now to flip these two pieces that are ultimately the sum of them is going to give you less value than what Kachuk probably could have given you on his own. Yeah. And so it's just kind of like, what is Calgary doing? I don't know, man. <laughs> you know, like, and if there's anybody... I'm trying to I, win this year. Oh, God. Well, if there's anybody I feel bad for right now, it's Jacob Markstrom. But does that mean that he might be on the table and be available? Maybe. I mean, really, like, I, he's got to be mm. mortified now. So, Taylor, let me ask you something here. If the Calgary Flames were planning to move Johnny Gaudreau and then they planned to move Matthew Kachuk... What does that mean for Jacob Markstrom? Hmm? What is, <laughs> we're getting the wind horse. We're, 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 I like that we're doing this every episode. Now. I think we just need to <laughs> Why find. Why would Calgary do that? This is our new. This is our new Danny Briere mention, where we used to mention Danny Briere once an episode. <laughs> now we're just gonna do the wind horse once an episode too. But really, I, I think that's something that's worthy of considering. Now, I mean, is Markstrom like that's the, what this team is looking like right now? Is absolutely not what that man signed up for. Um, no, but are, are they trying to win this year? I think um, the fact that they gave up, or the fact that they got back in the trade two guys who are UFAs tells me that they're trying to win. But are they actually going to no. be on the team come oh, the uh, start of the year, though? The like, start of the year? Are they just going to use Huberdeau and Uyghur as trade chips then, you know? I mean, they, it's, I it just feels like they need to just burn it down. It, it no, really does. Saying, they really should do that. I don't know. 
For what it's worth, too, on Markstrom, he's got four more years left on his deal at $6 million per, and he currently is 32 years old. So he's a little bit up there in terms of age, but still performing at a high level. I don't know if I'd want to sign up for four more years of him at $6 million per, but not necessarily saying for the Sabres. I mean that just in general for a team. But if somebody's in win-now mode and they think they're like a goalie away from really doing that, does somebody try and pull the trigger and give Calgary a call? I mean, if he's available, he'll yeah, he'll yeah. shooters, yeah, absolutely. Well, no, they're gonna worry that much about the Apes thing, I don't think. Yeah, no, that's fair. I mean, if you're if you're still performing at that point, but as far as Calgary goes, I mean, what do you really have going on there? Like, you have Connor Zary coming up. You have Clingington, who had a nice little breakout year for you last year. Manjipan. Man, yeah, but he's at RFA right now, right? Mm, yeah, true. Is he gonna be gone now too? Is that the next domino that's gonna fall? Hmm. Interesting. I mean, what's going on with Elias Lindholm? That's somebody that I would be real. If you're, if we're talking about picking guys from Calgary, I think Manjapane is probably a more realistic option at a lower cost. But if Lindholm is potentially on the block and they are open to trading him, I think that's a call Kevin Adams has to make. Absolutely, yeah. It's interesting now, you know, just seeing a team burn it all down like this and doing well, so, so are horribly. They, are, they, are they burning it down, though? Because Jesus Christ. Goudreau left. That I think they wanted him. They didn't offer as much money as they probably should have. And then Kachuk just wanted out. He said he's not going to resign there long term. So I don't think they've made a, a conscious decision to re, rebuild or reload at all. I mean, more so it's an inadvertent burning it. It all down, I guess. Yeah. A la 2007 Sabres offseason. Who? Oh, have you ever... I'm behind. I'm talking about... No, no, no. I understand the confusion. There's actually a team overseas. They're called the Sabres. Oh. Uh, it's S-A-B-E-R-Z. The Autobahn. I love the Autobahn. Yes. Germany's exactly. cool. Right. Exactly. That is really going to be the question, though, for moving forward is where does Calgary go from here? Yeah, the thing is, they still have Sutter, too. Yeah. So they're probably going to try to win this year, is my, my bet. Poor souls. Poor souls out in Calgary. And they're opening a new arena, right? Or is that next year? Uh, I don't know, actually. Moving out of the Saddle question. Dome. That's a good question. I don't know. But I guess on the flip side of that, though, going to be fun to see the Kachuk brothers competing against each other in the same division now. True. That'll be interesting. Yeah. Also, let's talk about Florida, actually, because, again, like you had said before, I think this move doesn't necessarily make them better in that they're losing two really quality pieces in, in Huberto and Uyghur, but they do get younger from this deal. They do clear up some cap space there. Florida, of course, won the President's Trophy last year. Do you see that as being uh, the baseline for Florida? Like, are you are, like, is it... They are still a number one team in the East kind of competitor right now? Or do you think that losing Uyghur on the blue line, and even though you're obviously replacing Huberdo and Kachuk, they're two different kinds of players, both obviously quality 100-point guys. But how do you think this changes the landscape for Florida and, and what they look like now? Uh, I don't know that they look that much different. I mean, they're tougher, I guess. Kachuk's tough, so that's something people probably value that for the playoffs, but I don't know. I feel like they're going to be a somewhat similar team mm-hmm. going into the next year, and they'll probably score a lot still. They're, uh, I would say the honeymoon phase for this franchise is definitely over. So mm-hmm. the fans are, it's, it's kind of, not, it's not Stanley Cup or Bustle. Like, you got to do more in the playoffs. 
Oh, yeah. They haven't won a game beyond the first round since, do you know what year? Like, 96? 96. Wow. Because they won a series for the first time. Yep. And they immediately got swept. That's tough. Yeah. That's tough. I will say, what sounds like a very fun, balanced, elite first line, if we get to see Kachuk, Barkov, and Reinhardt. That's a scary, scary first line with a lot of balance. God, the two-way of that. Like, nobody's going to be able to even touch the puck if they ice that as their first line next year. Yeah. Florida, though, I will say, though, they did lose some depth. I mean, obviously we mentioned with Giroux and and Chariot and everything in that move, but also Mason Marshman's not there anymore. And, I mean, he was a pretty... Quality depth piece for them. That they're going to be looking a little different. Obviously, you still have your guys down the rest of the lineup, like Verhage. Um, you know, Ekblad is still there on the back end, but I do think that there's some other questions about their blue line now and how that's going to be filled out. Bobrovsky, I think there's questions there. Is Spencer Knight going to be ready to step up? You know, there's definitely some question marks for them, but you know, there is at least some youth there. I would say that gives them some long-term promise in terms of Lundell and, and Knight that they're a really interesting team. And I, I it's just, I'm, I'm curious now for what, what other, if any moves are going to be made to, to bolster the rest of the roster because the, all right, let me, let, let's put it this way. Then I think you mentioned it before, but definitively like, have they gotten better or worse this off season? Worse, but like worse in the way that Colorado got worse. Last right. Season, which is to say, not really. Right. Right. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. I think they're mostly the same team. But all right, before we get to anything else, let's hear a word from our sponsors. Let's do it. DraftKings. Can you believe it? Who would have thought, folks? The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can feel your fandom and feel the heat of the offseason like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving customers a, ris- a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, and money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. So this is where I, I say, like, a bet that I'm interested in, or, you know, Give it to me. whatever. What are you interested in, Taylor? Aaron Judge, 61 home runs. Really? Yeah, it's happening. He just, as we were talking, he hit his 37. Jesus. It's only July, folks. Anyway. What are the odds he's going to resign? <laughs> not talking about that. Best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN for the Hockey Podcast Network. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code THPN. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details and responsible gambling resources. Okay, we're back. We're back. Hey, so because there's not really a lot of other hockey things that are happening right now or have happened since our last episode, before we were going to sign off last week, you were going to ask me something about Marvel, if I'm not mistaken. Well, you, you wanted to talk about Thor a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Not. Uh, yeah, so I did a thing, actually, because there's been a lot of discussion after Thor came out, a lot of consternation, I would say, okay. in the MCU uh, universe. Uh in terms of, like, what, what's going on? What is this phase for? Uh, four of their six movies they released since the pandemic are among their lowest rated. Uh, and they have a ton of TV shows that I haven't watched. 
so they've actually, in the last 18 months, released seven seasons of TV and six movies. And in fact, all six of those movies came out within a year, which is, let's say, a quicker pace than they used to release things. Mm-hmm. But I was wondering, in general, like how far that goes. Because financially, the movies are still fine. I mean, that can they'll have a, uh, a longer tail on that. Like, they'll have, I mean, if they are to fall off in Moose fans... The movies uh, will that'll that'll take a while to follow box yeah. office wise, but like the content universe has been so all over the place about these, you know. Mm-hmm. So I went and looked at the letterbox rating. So like, there's a bunch of ways you can do the cinema score, Rotten Tomatoes, which I actually don't like how Rotten Tomatoes does it, but the letterbox also has you know the average score. I was surprised to find uh, what some of the average scores were, so I wrote down every. Average score. Okay. And they're all out of five. So I was wondering if you'd be able to guess which ones fall where. Some of them are interesting. Some of them you would probably, uh, are about as you would expect. So I'm guessing which ones received a, uh, a, what sc- like a score above a five, you're saying? No, no. So it's out of five. You can oh. get a maximum of five stars, and it's an average from there. And they, they come in half. So I'll give you... All right, so I'll start with this. Two of them have a 2.5. Okay. That's the lowest. What do you think those two are? Eternals? No. Really? Yeah. Um, Sprite! No! <laughs> uh, ooh, that's a good... I mean... What the hell are these movies could have... Aside from Eternals, I'm just... I'm, I'm very surprised by. Um, so there's 29 of these. And... I didn't include the shows. But Wait, are you saying all time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, dude. Okay, I'm sorry. I totally was misunderstanding. I thought you were talking about of the ones that have been released, like, post-Infinity uh, Saga. Okay, so Thor the Dark World? Yes. Okay, and then... Um, I'll tell you what, this other one is the one that feels the least like an MCU movie, going back. It's just very weird. It's in the same universe. Is it Hulk? It's Hulk. Oh, okay, yeah. It's Ed Norton and Liv Tyler. Oh, see, that's easy. Okay, I thought you were talking about the more recent ones. That's why I said Eternals. Obviously, oh, Thor yeah. the Dark World would have, and Hulk would have been the easy go-tos. Okay. Uh, two. So, nothing between that and 2.9, but there's two 2.9s. On the lower end of MCU movies. Um, yeah. What about Iron Man 2? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. What about then... Mickey Rourke. Yeah. Um, I'm not confident in this one, but what about the first Doctor Strange? Ooh, no, that's a good guess. No, what do we got? Thor. The first one, okay. Yeah, that would have been my other guess, yeah. Yeah. All right, a three flat. Only one of these. Hmm. What about, is that Doctor Strange? No? Nope. Jeez, okay. Uh, three flats? What about Iron Man 3? Nope. What is it? Captain Marvel. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. That makes sense. 3.1? There's four of them. Jesus. Uh, have I said one of them already? Uh, you've said two of them already. Doctor Strange? No. Jesus! Um, Iron Man 3. Yes. I would have it higher than some of these other ones, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Some people don't like it. That's a weirdly divisive movie. I, I feel like I, I 
like, I mean, I guess this is the case for most Marvel things as a disclaimer, but I feel like I don't see Iron Man 3 as like that, as bad of a movie as some other yeah, people It's do. absolutely not a bad movie. That's what yeah, I mean. It's a Shane Black the God directed it. It's the funniest one, I think. Mm-hmm. And it involves Tony Stark calling a kid a pussy because his <laughs> head left. <laughs> um, but like the ending sucks, but like, I don't know, it's from pretty standard. Uh, it's just like the ending is just not congruent with the rest of the movie. Yeah. But the movie is such a cool concept. But no, people were, it's after Avengers, and they're like, I want to see all the Avengers, you know, do stuff and do Joss Whedon lines at each other. And a lot of the movie is Tony Stark not being Iron Man. Right. Which is interesting, but that's not what the fans wanted. Absolutely right. not. And the ending is just like, they cut, they literally, like, did nothing to that. They, like, it's like when Brandon Bean became the Bills GM, and he was like, <laughs> I'm going to erase all signs of Doug Whaley from here and erase him out of photos, like Lennon. Oh, my God. Like, it, at the end of the movie, it's actually kind of like Rise of Skywalker in that way. It's like, Tony's done being Iron Man, Pepper is, like, a superhero now, and then everyone looked at that and was like, pass. Yeah. We're not doing any of that shit. Yep. <laughs> he shows wow. up in Ultron and he's like, no, I'm just the same guy. That shit never happened. <laughs> oh, God. Um, all right, so I'm, I'm continuing to guess all of these. Oh, yeah. So you guessed one of them, Iron Man 3, then there's three more. Uh, Eternals? That's right, the Internals. Perfect. Um, yeah, that's what I said after I watched it. How many more are there after these ones? Two. So there's two more. No, I'm oh, saying in general. Oh, a lot. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I have to do all of these. This is so... Whatever. Oh, what, these are... See, this goes back to some of the, the quiz, like even like the hockey quizzes that we used to do where it's like, I'm having to guess these movies based on one-tenth of a percentage point. Yeah. Like the difference. Well, I'll tell you what. Um, you can pick uh, one that I say is shitty at 3.1. Captain America Civil War. No, I don't say that shitty, but I think it's it's overrated. But no, that's well received. Oh, well, that's why I was surprised because I know you've said that that one's not. You're, you you think it's overrated? I should yeah, say. Yeah, one that's not well received. Um, what is not well received? Uh, Age of Ultron. Yes. Okay. The other one, Walt Goggins is in it. I. What is it? Ant Man and the Wasp. Oh, okay. Gotcha. All right, three point two. How many? One. Okay. Ooh, there's a bug right there. Speaking of Ant-Man. Get out of here, Ant-Man. Ant-Man. Why don't you tell me about the movie? Uh, <laughs> I don't remember much about it, but it's a Phase 4 movie. It's right here, friend. Right there. There's the bug. Watch as we kill bugs live. There we go. We got it. All right. A Phase it. 4 movie? Yeah. Um... Uh... One of my personal heroes is in it. <laughs> this could lead me down a number of roads. One of your personal heroes? Yeah. The My Pillow guy in then. That's who it's got to be. That's right? DC. Well, oh, Shazam you're right, is DC. You're right. He's the Shazam yeah, guy. Right. Um... We need to stop <laughs> the evil Silver Surfer from coming and taking over our universe. And... He's using the Dominion voting machines. <laughs> that's Marvel. Uh, the Silver Surfer. I was going to say Silver Surfer. Is I don't know Marvel. any DC villains besides the Joker, but I don't know. Yeah. Well, anyway. Sure you do. You know Bane. Bane. Yeah. Bane. Riddler. I didn't even intend this to be a quiz, so I'm just going to go through because it, it's too hard. I'm realizing it is very right. difficult. Three point two. Black Widow. Why don't you oh, stop yeah. when you think something is 
ridiculous? Yeah. Okay, I think that's probably fair. Uh, 3.3 is the new Thor. Oh, sorry, you know what? It dropped after I wrote this. Thor Love and Thunder is what? 3.2, actually. It dropped down where Black Widow is. I feel like that's... I think that the new... Th- and we could talk about this after. I personally am of the belief that I think that the new Thor movie is going to age really well. I think it... I understand some of the shortcomings that people saw with it. I really liked it, and I just think that as compared to, like... I mean, I don't necessarily remember how the Dark World's reception was when Not that came good. out. Yeah. But I, I do think that this movie in, like, a few years, people are going to look back on it and be like, oh, that was actually just, like, a really good, fun... Not three-hour MCU movie. Definitely not three hours. Definitely not. All right, so the three point threes that are left are First Avenger. Okay. Ant-Man and Multiverse of Madness. Interesting. Interesting. So I think this is like the exact halfway point. So that those that's the bottom half, which as I said, four recent. And what is this being rated through? Letterbox. Letterbox. Okay. So all these have a a ton of views. Yeah. Yeah. These are uh, not a small sample size. and then 3.5, Doctor Strange in Far From Home. 3.6, Civil War, Guardians 2, and Spider-Man Homecoming. Uh, 3.7, the original Iron Man, Avengers, mm. Black Panther, and Shang-Chi. Really? Black Panther only had a 3.7 out of 5? Surprising, right? That's very surprising. I thought that would have been higher. Same. Did you see that they released the new trailer? Yeah, I haven't and seen the trailer released, yet. like, the, the entire slate for... Like, the next two phases, too. I have some thoughts. Avengers on that. is coming in 2025. They're back. Two Avengers movies in one year. And that's the one that Mike Lindell's going to be in? Yes. Oh, cool. Exactly. Yep. Uh, all right. 3.8 is Guardians. The first Guardians. What is it? Oh, Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier. Classic. Guardians. 3.9. Ragnarok and Endgame. Four. Getting into four is very hard. Um, Infinity War. And 4.1. No Way Home. Uh, so this is what I was thinking with this. Is it overstuffed, this universe? I don't know. There's no there's, no one's ever really done this before, like what they did in the original timeline. But my inclination is to say there's too many things going on to make any of them individually. Yeah. Great. On the other hand, I haven't watched most of the shows. I just know they're you, not well received. I think, well, the thing with the shows, too, like, I don't know. I think that there's a lot of people who just off the bat are like have the belief that Marvel is oversaturating and so they're not even giving the shows, I think, an honest chance. I really liked Moon Knight. I think in terms of, like, the high-end stuff, like, WandaVision and Loki, I thought were both really, really, really good. Those are the two I watched. Yeah, and WandaVision, when it came out, I mean, that was just every week people were, like, that was the thing that people were talking about in that time in, in January when that started to roll out. And same could be said for Loki, too. Like, really, really great shows. I mean, even the stuff that people didn't necessarily like as much, like, what if there's definitely some shitty episodes in there, but, like... I really like that for the most part, and I think that that opened up a lot of what the next phase is really going to look like and what just is happening right now with, like, the multiverse saga as they have recently trademarked it um, as, like, the follow-up to the Infinity Saga. So I don't know. I I think that... And then, of course, on top of that, too, like, She-Hulk is coming out soon in terms of shows. I think that's going to be interesting. Um, I don't know. I I guess in terms of it being, like, oversaturated, I think people are going to watch either way and at the end of the day to me if the content is good then 
there's really nothing to complain about. But if the content's bad, of course, I understand that. But I just think that, you know, prior to, I guess, the state of Marvel as as it is right now, I feel like frequently people would talk about and say, like, there's just, even before, leading up to, like, Infinity War and Endgame, that there's just so much going on and the interest in wanting to take a deeper look at the characters as compared to what can just kind of be fit into a two and a half hour movie or something like that. And so they're kind of doing that. Like they're taking a deeper look into the characters. And I think that the the TV show setup is is cool for that like it gives you a little bit a little bit of a better understanding it takes a little bit of a different spin on a lot of just like the general like origin story feel that a lot of these movies have and so for me it doesn't bother me as much that they're doing this much it's just like as long as the stuff is good like i'm not gonna complain about it no i think it's interesting though so like i said they've had all this stuff that's come out in the last 18 months and they they just introduced a billion things and they've had some of these things we knew were coming Mm -hmm. but like Every the end of every movie is setting up another movie, mm-hmm. and are we gonna get all these movies? Yeah, apparently I will. And I think the thing too is right now the MCU is in a place where there is so much happening. Like, how is this all going to come together? Like, admittedly, even myself, like I am a little bit confused because I was under the impression that, and again, maybe this is like all gonna eventually come out, and we just don't know it yet. But I thought that the end of Loki, where they kill the one Kang variant was going to be the direct lead into both Multiverse of Madness and the new Spider-Man movie. And for whatever reason, that has not been the case at all. Like, Because that wasn't supposed to be the end of the show. Right. The show got shut down by COVID. So the, there was not supposed to be a season two of Loki. Okay. So that the end of Loki was the halfway point of the season. So it doesn't lead into anything because it wasn't it was never supposed to. Right, but I feel but more like it's a a very big act that's happening there where they kill him, or I should say Sylvie kills him, and then the, just the multiverse just starts going crazy and all of the branched realities and the TVA is like all out of whack. And so I, I guess it's just like how does at what point in time is that happening as compared to cuz I know where the movies all stand and I thought yeah. I knew where Lo- where Loki stood but I guess we don't know how much time passed from the first episode until the last episode but it feels like killing him would have been and I know that Kang is going to show up in um both the new Ant-Man movie as well as what we just learned too that he's going to be kind of the next big bad uh as the next Avengers movie is going to be about him so I don't know. I just felt like that was like a little bit confusing that that didn't like those loose ends weren't tied up. And I get what you're saying, but you have the end of that season being very suggestive in terms of like, hey, the multiverse stuff is happening, and then you put out two movies explicitly about the multiverse, and that doesn't even get as much of a mention. Yeah. What do you make of the idea that uh, those two movies, Thor and Multiverse of Madness, should have switched directors? Because I heard that. You mean Spider Man and no Thor and Multiverse. Oh. Uh, so I, someone said this, I, don't, I think it was Sean Fennessy from The Ringer that said this, and I was like, wow, that actually is not a bad idea. Uh, to have Sam Raimi do Thor and then Taika do Multiverse? Yeah. I don't know if it would have, but the, I guess the thing is, Multiverse, uh, the stuff that's like Raimi-fied, which is like that Doctor Strange and Wanda murdering all those people, that's good, but it's uh, it, not shoehorned in. Little shoehorned in having a zombie, but like it's his deal. Mm-hmm. 
But like the horror aspect of Thor is there. It's it's a huge part of the plot. Like uh, whatever Christian Bale's guy's name is, Gore. Mm-hmm. I think you would have been way better off with Raimi directing something like that. Whereas when they're flying through the multiverse, which there's definitely not enough multiverse in Multiverse of Madness. Agreed. Uh, that stuff could have used some of Taika's colorful touches, I would say. Yeah. It was an interesting idea. I don't know how the rest of the movie would have worked out, but I don't know. That's an interesting thought. I, I could be intrigued by that, I guess. Yeah. And so also, what I was kind of getting at is like, there's like a dozen seasons of TV um, mm-hmm. planned for like the next year. There's obviously a bunch of movies coming, but there's also like, look at the end of the movies we've seen recently. The end of... Uh, Shang-Chi is setting up a Shang-Chi sequel, obviously. And you'll get that cause, probably because it did well. Uh, Eternals sets up, like, three movies? I mean, I know that that's happening. At least. Like, Eternals 2 is already, I think, in, like, pre-production or something. Yeah, that is decadent to have Eternals 2, but... Yeah. Um, they uh, they set up a Blade movie. Yep. They set up a, yeah, a sequel. Ter- yeah. And then they set up a Harry Styles movie. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, the end of Multiverse of Madness sets up a Charlize Theron movie. I think that's probably... In both of those cases, just like the continuation, like the third Doctor Strange movie is probably going to be him and Charlize Theron. I'm sure Eternals 2 is going to be about Harry Styles and the Eternals teaming up and stuff. So I don't think it's like they're going to get their own standalone movies. That's, well, that's possible, yeah. And uh, then what was the end of Thor? I mean, the end of Thor is with Hercules. Hercules, Yep. So that's just a lot of stuff so that's yeah Doctor Strange 3 Eternals 2 and Thor 5 are yeah Thor 5 yeah but I think it works though with Thor I mean for me like I don't know I have a lot I just really enjoy Chris Hemsworth's performance I think a lot of the faults that people have in the mo- with the movie have nothing to do with his performance of the character True. and like <clears throat> I just think uh, you know if he wants to keep doing it why not I mean it's Thor like are you Iron Man, I can understand. Captain America, I can understand. Like, you're going to tell me that somebody's going to kill Thor. Right. After Odin, Odin's old man ass, died in Ragnarok after he was a billion years old and Thor is still looking chiseled and killing it. True. I mean, I, I'm fine with them continuing it, like, with him just being, like, you know, we'll see what Thor 5 is going to look like or whatever, but you got to think now that he'll be in the Avengers movies that are going to be coming up. You know, speaking of doing too much, doing things, Taika. Yeah. Settle down, pal. Yep. What's this Star Wars movie going to look like? Is it going to happen? I think it is. I think he said that's the next thing that he's starting to work on. So how many times like writing it, I since say. Disney bought Star Wars has a director uh, directed the movie all the way through? J.J. Abrams was lucky enough to get that for Force Awakens. Which, by the way, <clears throat> well, first of all, to your question, I don't know if it's ever happened. Well, it uh, definitely happened in Force Awakens. Well, in Force Awakens, I'm saying, yeah. aside from that. I rewatched Force Awakens yesterday. It's the best of the sequels. I think so, at really? least. You like it better than Last Jedi? Yeah, I think wow. I do. I just think that, in general, the sequel trilogy, trilogy leaves a lot to be desired, and I wish that, rather than them going in and figuring it out one movie at a time, that they actually had a cohesive plan for what the hell this was actually going to look like before they just jumped into it and did it. True. Yeah. It sucked. Yeah. <laughs> Super stupid. Yeah. You never <laughs> got that Scorsese Star Wars movie, unfortunately. I was really looking forward to it, yeah. That they, was going to be crazy. Thing, Where like, Chewbacca becomes a mob boss... Ray breaks a highball yeah. glass on Kylo Ren's head. <laughs> <laughs> Someday. 
It's actually um, more of a um, that'll be the sequel last trilogy. Of Christ type vibes from Square City. Oh my god, he's not doing the organized crime stuff. Right, right, right. Um, we got all over the place with this. I'm sorry. I'm I've just been rambling here. Yeah. Well, this comes to my actual recommendation, which is none of that bullshit we just talked about. <laughs> it's nope. Oh yeah, talk about it. How was it? Man, nope ruled. Yeah. The movies are back. I say that every Wow. Time. Yeah, you do, actually. <laughs> movies are actually back. The box office is back, which is nice. People are going to the movies. But, nope. I really like Jordan Peele and his sensibility. Uh, he is... The stuff that he is... Uh, he was up to that's not involved in him directly directing a movie uh, was starting to get a little uh, worrisome uh, to me. Explain. Like, the new Twilight Zone stuff. That show oh, is yeah. terrible. That's what people were saying. Uh, people did not like Lovecraft Country, which I didn't watch. And then he produced the Candyman movie that Nia Acosta directed, mm. uh, which really fell apart in the third act. So I was worried, and then I see Nope, and it's just like, ah, it was awesome. It was. It's interesting, though. The vibes are kind of, um, as people have pointed out, Spielbergian. Mm-hmm. So people have compared it to Jaws and Close Encounters, obviously with it being an um, extraterrestrial-type movie. But Daniel Kaluuya... One of the best actors working now. And Kiki Palmer That's has some really good, As fun she. vibes. Yeah. So it was really cool. I, I pretty much liked it all the way through. And I think his movies always try to say something. Um, and I think definitely this succeeded more than Us. I really like Us, but I would put the salad second. Probably wow, never going to top okay, get cool. out. Uh, that's just... That's tough. <laughs> it's, it's not really a movie you can top, I don't think. Yeah. No, that's fair. That's definitely fair. That's cool. What's the next movie you're excited to see? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I should know this. It's not so. Halloween ends is coming up, but that's in October. I saw the trailer. Very exciting. Mm. Seems like there's going to be some more murders that are done. Uh, <laughs> Big murder guy over here. <laughs> huge fan. Michael Myers. I love him. It's. We were talking about the MCU. I want to talk about the MMCU, the Marvel <laughs> Cinematic <laughs> Universe. Someday we'll do an episode about that. I could talk about it for days. But, yeah, I'm trying to think. Um, Movie-wise, hmm, is there anything? I mean, it's been a weird summer because it feels like something comes out, like big movies, it's like every two weeks. Mm-hmm. Not Definitely not as often as it used to be. So, yeah, maybe there's nothing until... Oh, you know what? No, Bullet Train. What am I saying? Bullet Train. Dude, when does that come out? Uh, or is it out already? No, mid-August it's coming out. That does look like a really fun movie. Good, good cast. cast. I love Aaron Taylor Johnson. So. Yeah, I love Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt, too. My good pal. Yeah, you guys go way back, don't you? Oh, yeah. Of course. All the way back to uh, uh, Fight Club, we'll say. Right. I don't know the first Brad Pitt movie I saw. You Probably were... Ocean's Eleven. Wow. Weren't you a stunt double on that one, too? In Fight Club? Yeah. No, I was six. <laughs> came out, so... <laughs> I was not... Hey, man, age is just a mindset. I was Taylor Durden, actually. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. All right. you have any other thoughts you'd like to share, Taylor, before we sign off for this mess of an episode? Yeah, guys, it's the summer. I don't know how much stuff we have to talk about. <laughs> I still have to do two episodes a week. So keep listening for some of these uh, provocative thoughts. Honestly, this is impressive because we're at 46 minutes right now, and we were at eight minutes, and I was like, oh, no. This isn't, this isn't going well. We're going to... This is going to be a quick one. So look at us go. Yeah. You know what? Actually, tweeted us a movie you want us to talk about or a TV show or something like that. We'll Let's do, it. do that. We should do that. We should do... And if you really want the MMCU breakdown, if anyone said... If even one single person says they want it, I'll do it. Well, we... 
Please nobody do this. Uh, we, I mean, we have things we can do though. Like we still, we didn't do the chicken sandwich off. No, that's coming from up last year. We got to do that. That was like our plan last summer. So we got to just make a plan on a Sunday and do that. Definitely. And then maybe we can. Oh, we gotta have trivia episodes too. We gotta start getting guests on to do our trivia challenges. Yeah, that's it. We're challenging Andrew Peters and Craig Ruvay. Let's go. Come on our podcast, cowards. <laughs> you won't. Let's do this thing. We want it right now. Straight up savers versus after the whistle trivia challenge. We'll see who's the last men standing. Of course, this will be a drinking challenge too. Taylor and I both have South Buffalo roots. We'll wipe the floor with them. That's 100%. Yeah. Easily. Definitely. Easily. All right. Well, everybody, thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Straight Up Sabres presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo. As always, make sure you're checking out both the presenters of this podcast on their respective websites. Whatever streaming platform you're currently using to listen to this episode, check out all of our fellow shows and all the great content that they're putting out. And make sure you're following them on social media as well. With that being said, follow us on social media, Straight Up Sabres, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And make sure whatever streaming platform you're currently using to listen to us on, if you are able to leave a rating or a comment or anything like that, we would very much appreciate it. Finally, make sure you're heading over to DraftKings and using that promo code THPN at checkout to take advantage of great deals. We'll be back with a brand new episode on Thursday, everybody. Have a great start to your week. This has been Straight Up Sabres. Sabres.